Hello and welcome to Truer Love Stories, a podcast dedicated to real people wanting to create real love. I'm your host, Taryn Newton-Gill. In each episode, we'll explore the stories of people who are at a crossroads in their love life. I'll help our guests navigate their personal love story by providing them with holistic ways of writing a new, more empowered narrative around love, one that's truly aligned with who they are and what they want. Hello and welcome to this month's Truer Love Stories episode. We have a special treat for you this month because it is, after all, February. And I have a lot of feelings around February and Valentine's Day. And I think it's because the single person in me who had to deal with, I guess, is the best way I can think to describe it, Valentine's Day each year you know, I feel very protective of that single person in me and of the single people who might be listening to this podcast because there's so much feeling and focus around romantic love during Valentine's Day. And technically, really, Valentine's Day is the celebration of all love, right? I actually remember when we were kids, my parents used to get us chocolates because it was the celebration of love. But for some reason, you know, as I grew older and as you're in school and you, there are secret Valentines and you start just wishing you had a Valentine and you don't, it's such a shitty feeling. And I feel like it just really rubs it in our faces that, you know, this is what everyone wants. This is what everyone's looking for. And it just creates this really lonely feeling, um, at least for me. So I don't know if that's something that you can relate to, but... That said, as a love coach, you know, and a dating coach, it's this really interesting line I walk because, you know, I do this work because I remember what it was like to feel so alienated and feel like I was struggling through being a single person and that mixed feeling of I don't want my status as a single person to define me. Uh, I also don't want to feel like my life is incomplete just because I don't find a partner. Maybe I'll never find a partner. Does that mean that my life is worth less or something, you know? But then at the same time, I would feel so frustrated because I secretly did want a partner. And that felt like this shadow, you know, that I didn't want to admit. And so there was just all these feelings around Valentine's Day and the idea of love. And I feel like they're just all very compounded this month. As it's everywhere, you know, every business is promoting it, including myself. There are offerings around it all the time. And so I just really try to be very cognizant of that when it comes to February and it comes to my audience, because that isn't the message I want to send. I never want to send the message that we are incomplete without love or that you are less than if you don't have love more so that I want you to know you're deserving of it and know you're worthy of it and know that if something is blocking you or stopping you, I want to help you examine what that is because I want you to get what you want. And so, you know, whether or not your work with me or you're listening to my podcasts or, you know, reading my blogs, whatever the case may be, if what you get out of it is really just learning how to love yourself more and embrace yourself because you know you're worthy of whatever you want, that's my true goal. But relationships are just a really interesting lens to explore ourselves with because as we know, they create a lot of vulnerability. And so a lot comes up in relationships with other people. And that's why they're actually an excellent place to explore ourselves and learn to love ourselves more. If we can be partnered at the end of that, then great. You know, that's that's an added benefit. That's wonderful if that's what you want. But that's certainly never the message that I want to send, that that is all that's important. And we're definitely in the business of not abandoning or sacrificing our needs for someone else. If anything, it's we're letting go of the relationships where we were doing that, and we're working to find more empowered relationships with people who are going to honor us in the way we deserve to be honored. And that's the real work here is how can we align ourselves with people and find people 
who are going to help us be better and help us. And by better, I mean more honest with ourselves, more respectful of who we are, more respectful of what we need. How are we going to find partners who are not going to make us abandon ourselves, who are not going to make us feel like we have to settle for them to love us, you know? So it really does, at its root, come down to self-love. And that is why I love attachment, because it really forces us to look through that more empowering lens and to really look at what we honestly need, how we honestly feel about ourselves, what those thoughts are that are really coming up for us and re-examine them and then come from a new place and to, you know, help our subconscious start seeing how very valuable and lovable and worthy we are. So that all said, for this episode this month, I really didn't want to focus on romance. I wanted to focus on self-love. This episode is really special. It's just, I think, especially if you are a woman who, someone who identifies as a woman, or if you've any, you know, ever had any insecurities around yourself, around loving yourself, especially your body. We do a lot of talk about embracing our bodies this month and in this episode. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Um, I think it's so healing just to be able to realize how much we relate to someone else and their story. And I know I really, really relate to this guest and all the struggles that she's had over her life and really finding a way to love herself because that's her ultimate question is, how do I love myself? Like, what does self-love actually look like? What does it actually feel like? Maybe I engage in some self-care activities and stuff. Yes, I know how to take a bath. Yes, I know how to go on a walk. But self-care and self-love are not the same thing. They can be related, but they're not equal. And so that's really what we're breaking apart in this episode. How do we learn to love ourselves in a genuine way? What does that process look like? What does that feel like? And... How can we love ourselves and also want to grow at the same time and, you know, accept who we are, but know that we're always trying to be better. And by better, again, we don't mean ideal or perfect. We mean just more comfortable with ourselves. And and how can we learn to start going inward and looking inward for that validation rather than outward, like we are taught and programmed to from the time we were very young. So... That is what is in store today. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions or want to further this discussion more, you know that you can always find me on Instagram or via email. Hello at truerlove.com or, of course, at underscore truerlove underscore. So with that said, let's hear our guest's story. Hello, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Of course, I really appreciate you giving your time um, to share a bit of yourself today. And you had a really wonderful question. And by wonderful, I just mean a question that I feel like so many women can relate to and are asking themselves every day. Uh, And that question is, how can I actually love myself in daily life like what does self-love look like and we talked about how people talk about self-love all the time but it's so confusing like how do you actually feel like you like love yourself right is that kind of exactly exactly yeah yeah okay yeah and it's something that women and girls of all ages can I think relate to and suffer with Mm -hmm. so I think it's an important question to to ask and to address. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's something I feel very strongly about. I actually, I say this a lot, but I do believe in modern Western American culture. And that's not exclusive to America, but, you know, being in America, I know it's very present in our media. uh, And I know it's true of other countries as well, that women, I believe, are not socialized to be as confident as men on a lot of levels. That's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're very much groomed to find validation uh, in outside sources or in other people. 
or in our role as caretakers. And there's not a lot of nurturing when it comes to learning who we are and trusting ourselves in a real way. So I just want to say off the bat, like, I do think this is a very cultural issue in that regard. Um, but I'm curious, you know, bringing this question to me, kind of how you feel this shows up in your own life, you know, where you feel this has been relevant for you in your experience, you know, becoming a woman and, and how it's kind of shaped you. I think women naturally, unfortunately, compare ourselves to each other. And I'm trying not to do that. We all have different stories. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different body shapes. And we're all going through different issues. A couple of years ago, when I was nannying and babysitting, I'd be on the, <laughs> I'd be on the playground with this child who basically some of them looked like me, like some of them could actually be my child and no one would bat an eye. And so I remember looking around the playground and looking at what I assumed that these women were mothers to these children. And I'd sit and compare myself. It's horrible. You know, it's, I think it's a horrible thing, but I would think to myself, who here on this playground thinks this is my child and who here thinks I haven't lost the baby weight. And as mm. a childless woman, that's a terrible thing because first of all, you shouldn't be comparing yourself to any woman. Second of yeah. all, being a mother is already hard. Mm -hmm. And then to add, you know, weight loss on top of that and all the other issues that mothers, you know, especially young new mothers have to deal with. It's just not fair. And so, yeah, like that's just, I think that's a reality for a lot of people. That is just such a sad example. I don't want to put the judgment of it being sad on it, but it's not fun to experience for sure. No, you know? no, ex exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's very real, you know? And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I do think, again, you know, so much of that has to do with what we are taught to value as women in, in ourselves, you know? Exactly, yep. And, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of things going on there. Um, but to break it down a bit, you know, I'm curious, so specifically with you, is that kind of where it, when you think of self-love and loving yourself, would you say that it's generally related to physical attributes? Yeah, I would say yes. I think being a woman sometimes is really hard because we have a lot <laughs> of these mental, I guess, demons that we're trying to overcome. And so much of our value to society is wrapped up in our appearance sometimes, mm -hmm. especially if we come from, you know, certain places that idolize or cherish, you know, the quote unquote perfect body, the perfect physique. It's hard when you're not that, when you're not that shape. But I think everyone can relate to that because we see it in Hollywood. We see it in, you know, TV and magazines. So we're just bombarded with the idea of what is beauty and perfection. If I'm not flawless, you know, then I don't really feel beautiful. Yeah, we're, we're literally programmed to compare ourselves to that ideal. Exactly, which is unfair and it's not a realistic goal or possibility whatsoever. You know, I, I know this sounds horrible of me, but my earlier self, you know, back when I had my own ego around how I looked, you know, and I was projecting out to people is I remember I used to see couples and I would see, you know, I'm someone who always wore makeup. I used to be a makeup artist. I, you know, beauty culture got me in a different way. And mm -hmm. I would see these really attractive guys with women who didn't wear makeup, who didn't seem to take care of themselves. And I would think, how did they get him? But I don't have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because I knew just so little about relationships then and about what men really wanted. And now looking back, I think that's actually not the most important thing to men. 
No, not at all. No. But, you know, especially, you know, speaking in terms of heteronormative, you know, relationships at the very least, you know, in terms of men and women, that's, they're not focused on that, but somehow we're taught that that's the most important thing you know? Yes. Yes. And, um, and that's not to say that we don't want to feel attractive or anything like that, but I think the extremes that it gets taken to, you know, um, they, it molds us, I think in a certain way. And we get so much messaging, like you said, from, you know, I mean, growing up cosmopolitan and 17 and just like, oh my God, all these magazines even that are trying to teach us like how to do our makeup and all these outward things. And it's like how many, you know, it's so much more robust these days in terms of the availability of articles that have to do with, you know, your mind and growing who you are as a human. But all that said, we can know this, but like what do you do about the fact that the feeling still persists, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that sounds like the root of your issue that like cognitively, like you understand that it's silly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I just don't even know where to go with that. It's, you know, we all know that what we see on TV or we see in magazines is not reality. We all know what we see on social media is heavily filtered. And there's still that issue where I'm just not good enough. So it's like, how can I love myself despite my quote unquote imperfections? How can I love myself and love my imperfections? You know, some women are really small framed and to be 120 pounds is overweight, like is not healthy for their frame. But then you have some women who are tall and to weigh 120 pounds would just be, you know, you have to be hospitalized for that. So, so I've, I've learned as I've gotten older that what is on the scale isn't always the most important thing Mm -hmm. because all of our bodies are different. And I've definitely come to terms, you know, that I have hips and that I have thighs and they're definitely not the size that I want them to be. But you know, when I decide to have a kid, these are going to be really great birthing hips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Like evolutionarily, yep. these are the hips you would have wanted. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm made for childbearing. You know, hips make me think of Marilyn Monroe. And I think, I think mm-hmm. word is she was like a size 10 or eight. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Which would be considered plus size these days. Yes. You know, yes. and so it's also, you know, the perspective and the lens through which you view yourself and or view others. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm curious for you, like maybe cultural influence and media had an impact, which makes sense. But do you recall if there's anything in your personal history um, any kind of shame that you can recall or a memory? And, and if you can't right now on the spot, that's totally fine. But I think it'd be worth exploring as a child, either from a parent or a friend or mm-hmm. someone close to you that made you feel bad about your weight somehow. I can remember being a kid and my parents always wanting, my parents always saying, I got to lose some weight, you know, my parents would do Jenny about Craig. Themselves. And, they would do yes, that about themselves. themselves. Sorry. Yes. Okay. My parents would always say that they need to lose weight. They never mm-hmm. mentioned anything about their kids or anybody else. Right. Um, my dad was a fat kid mm-hmm. and somehow got into fitness and just, he absolutely loves running and he eats really good. He eats to nourish his body. And so to hear someone say, you know, for 30 years, I got to lose those five pounds. We're like, dad, you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, with our mothers in particular, your metabolism starts to go at a certain age. So you then start to inherit possibly, um, the idea of, you know, your mother was once quote unquote thin or happy with her physique. And now she's not as a middle-aged woman because of biology and nothing to do with her efforts. I don't want to blame my parents, but that was definitely in the household a lot. Yeah. And that's why I was curious because when there's a lot of rhetoric around that focus, um, 
which is something I have to be cognizant too. My dad's been on Weight Watchers as long as I can remember, as have I, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's a constant need, you know, like when it's ingrained in you like that, you know, it is hard to escape because it's just yeah. repeating those, that same value system in your head and in your, in your subconscious. So I would say, are you familiar at all with shadow work, with the concept of the shadow and what shadow work is? Yes, I've been trying to do a little bit of my own shadow work, but I understand that it takes time. It's not going to be, you know, you're not going to overcome any of your shadows in a day, in a week. It's work. It's literally work that you have to practice. It's a journey. And it's, I think, to me, what it sounds like you're saying is that it's something you have to integrate. Yes. So yes. That's, and that's really what it is, is that you're doing the first thing right now by, or, you know, maybe you've done it previous to this, but certainly right now you're doing it where you're acknowledging it, meaning you're shedding light on the shadow. You're uncovering yes. it so that it's not, because that's when it feels shameful when it's this like dark thing that we don't want to like notice, you know? Yeah. Um, but integrating it means that, okay, I've acknowledged it, but I'm accepting it. And so it's yes. like the, the first layer is saying, like accepting that I'm someone who struggles to love my body. You know, like to me, that is the shadow there. And then beyond that, you know, it's kind of doing work around like, you know, what are ways I can just like be comfortable with knowing that about myself in my daily life when I'm going to stores and trying things on and kind of, you know, and it sounds like you've done a little bit of that, but then the next level to me would be how can I reprogram my thought process to not associate my body with something that's bad or something exactly. that I'm ashamed of, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing that really stands out to me are two things. First, I think there's a lot of power in reclaiming who you are in terms of like, like reclaiming big hips and reclaiming big thighs. You know, when you think about people, you know, even right now, there are a lot of women who are big women and they're reclaiming that for themselves. Like mm -hmm. Lizzo is a great example of like, this is me, this is my body, and I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to own it. And I'm going to, I'm going to publicly own it, you know, kind of to like this, like to me, that's a form of shadow work because it's taking that shadow. And to me, that's integration. It's, it's bringing it into the light where you can claim it as your own and, and not be afraid to face it or, or define yourself by that anymore. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I'd be curious to know, you know, is there anyone that you talk to about this or um, have you ever posted about this publicly on any kind of forum, Instagram, Facebook, things like that? No, no. Besides telling my husband, <laughs> no, I've no, basically, you know, keep it to myself. Or yeah. if you happen to be talking to a friend and it casually comes up like, oh, I'm not the same size I was in college or whatever. So no, I haven't really, I haven't publicly addressed it. I haven't made a big deal about it. Yeah. So it's, it's only the inner circle knows. Right, right. <laughs> and I know that can feel like, whoa, like that sounds like yeah. a lot, you know, when, yeah. when if you're private about things like that. And I totally respect that. So I would maybe simmer on like, is there a way you can do that that would feel comfortable? I know some people, it's almost like, you know, like I have a cousin who recently came out on Facebook as bi, you know, mm -hmm. and she had a whole explanation. And, and, and I think people are doing that a lot these days. And so it could be in the form of one post where you just mm -hmm. share like a, a diary, like, like, look, this has always been an issue for me. And I just feel like I need to say it for all the other women out there who are curvy. I'm reclaiming my curves, you know, that that's one way to do it. Um, another example, rather than kind of putting words to it for everyone, I don't know, this might be kind of a silly example, example, but I am kind of known as people, you know, for people thinking that I'm going to be a bitch at first. Um, <laughs> I, I apparently have a resting bitch face, uh, mm -hmm. which to me is funny because I feel like I smile a lot, especially when I'm engaged with people that I, you know, I'm close to, but apparently on the street, I can come off kind of uh, either intimidating or harsh or look mean or whatever. And when I take selfies, 
like I, it's very hard for me to strike a balance between smiling naturally and either I'm smiling too much where it looks fake or I have my resting bitch face. Mm. And, and I used to have, you know, I remember very distinctly once in college when I was just like walking through the main like square somewhere. And I think I was lost in my head about something. And I had a man stop me and say, smile, you know, you know how guys do that. Yep. yep. You know? And I fucking stopped and I was like, <laughs> yep. You have no idea what I'm going through right now. Like, yep. There's, you know what I mean? Like they want, you want me to make you feel comfortable to smile. Right. So I have a lot of feelings around this idea of me looking like a bitch, me not smiling, whatever. So last year I got this random idea um, because I have so many selfies on my phone that I don't post because I look like a bitch. And God forbid I post a selfie where I look like a bitch and I look angry, you know? Right, right, Um, right. Yeah. So I created an Instagram handle that has very few followers, but it's called I heart my RFB. And, um, it's literally just pictures that I've taken of myself over the years where I look like I have a resting bitch face. And my like tagline is taking back my resting bitch face one photo at a time, Mm, you know, and it's, it's become really just fun for me. And I don't post that often, but it was kind of just like being able to put that out there, you know, Right, right. Um, for myself was just really fun and cool and validating. And obviously, you know, it's a different level of it, you know, when it comes to, you know, your body, I think it's, it's so personal feeling. It's, it's, I think it's more, it's a more intrusive thought because of how we've been programmed around our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, so I used to be a makeup artist and my old company was called Face You Beauty because it was kind of doing makeup, but helping women style themselves in a way that makes them feel like they're embracing what's beautiful about them. And so yep. I'm kind of seeing this like boudoir shoot situation for you. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Okay. I know where this you is know, going. You know, or like something that, and uh, that shows off your hips and shows off your thighs. And mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just like things along those lines that, cause that's the integration piece is actually doing something in real life, not just in our head, because we can think positive thoughts and we can, you know what I mean? But I think that it's noticing the thoughts that you're already doing. But I think by integrating like that and doing things like that, it really helps your subconscious believe. Wait, I am beautiful. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. Yeah. And, and then it's like redefining beauty on your own terms in a way, you know? Yeah, it, and it's yeah. it's you really saying like this is fucked up, and I don't agree with it, and I don't think that that this small, you know, definition of beauty, I, I'm rejecting that, and I'm not accepting it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's like <laughs> it oh, feels God. so foreign yeah. when you haven't thought about doing it, you know, or but that's part of the discomfort. You know, growth is not comfortable and so it's kind of doing things like that outside of our comfort zones I think you know yeah yeah yep 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 (laughs) yep I have nothing to say but yeah I I understand where this is going (laughs) okay cool um my other suggestion uh other than like you know announcing it publicly so that's suggestion number one Mm -hmm. Suggestion number two, and by announcing, I mean embracing. Yeah. Suggestion yes, I, number. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, second idea is thinking about: Are there any kind of celebrities or people in your life who you think you look similar to in terms of body, who mm-hmm. you think are really beautiful? Mm, that's a good question. Okay. Well, you okay. can, you can think about it, you know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, this might, this might date me or age me, but I can definitely remember being like 10 and or 11 and Titanic coming out mm. and Kate Winslet mm-hmm. was just so everyone was just body shaming her. She was a normally a normal, a healthy, a beautiful bodied woman and I think had she been you know 
a size smaller, size two, you know, two sizes smaller, whatever Hollywood wanted her to be, she wouldn't have looked healthy. Heart. Like her, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, at that time so, yeah. too, like yeah. I was saying, like they appreciated her body type at that time. Yeah, yeah. She was, and she, bi- yeah. And she spoke out about it. She's like, this yeah. is my body. It's beautiful the way it is. Exactly. And I remember everyone going, you go girl like you tell Hollywood to fuck off seriously and (laughs) not to mention that I'm pretty sure she's lost something like 80 pounds for that movie so she had already lost weight at that point yeah 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 when people were criticizing her and I go back you look back and it's so funny you mentioned Titanic too because I watched this whole video on her and Leo's (laughs) relationship the other day so it's dating me too (laughs) But, uh, yeah, like, they're still, like, BFF. Um, <laughs> but, like, I mean, the corsets that she wore in that movie were yep. made for her body. Like, so beautiful, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, I think that that would be a really good... And I know this sounds crazy, but, like, even Kim Kardashian, who... She's not really, I know it's, I, it's absurd. Yeah, I understand she, where you're going. Yep. Because because her proportions are not normal and she's had yes. so much, yes. like, who yes. fucking knows what. And, like, my main takeaway from her is really how beautiful hips are. And, you know, um, and, and just, like, curves in general, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, so I think, you know... Someone who's an expander is what I talk about Lacey Phillips a lot because I'm going through her manifestation school and she has this manifestation formula. And part of her formula is after you clear your shadows and unblock, you have expanders, people who it's important to see in real life exist and reflect back to you parts of who you actually are or who you want to be. So to help your subconscious realize like, oh, I identify with that. That's true for me, you know? Um, and Got if it, someone can embrace her at Kate Winslet and her body is beautiful, then we can, then I can embrace mine as beautiful. You know? Right. So, right. so like it's noticing when you're in that state of comparison or, you know, negative self-talk, it's like noticing that feeling and noticing that thought and actively redirecting it to this new thought of your expander, you know, or of like the idea, like, no, wait a minute. I love my body. My body's beautiful. I love my curves. This person's beautiful. She has my kind of curves, you know, and trying mm-hmm. to see yourself through that new lens. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Because um, Beyonce's thighs came to mind. Like they mm-hmm. are big and gorgeous. Yep. And if if they were any smaller, she would not be able to perform the way she performs. Totally. Like they're there for a reason. Yeah. Like they actually <laughs> serve a, a function. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is that she can dance in those yeah. heels and be a beast in the best of ways. Yeah. And uh, also because it's Olympics time, you have all these gorgeous professional athletes whose bodies are all completely different. Mm-hmm. and they all are built to do what they've been built to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the really um, small gymnasts, you know, and I'm sure they find it hard to find pants, you know. They're, <laughs> you yeah. know, meaning meaning their thought, you know, they have to have yeah. muscle, and and pants aren't really built for curvy women, that is so real and so true. Let's not uh, get into pockets. I know. I was going to say pockets. I'm thinking about jeggings. Like so much comes to mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm actually looking for this quote. Um, I watched this TED Talk the other day by this woman named Susan Hyatt, who's actually an online business coach, but she has this TED Talk about diet culture. Mm-hmm. And... I quoted her the other day because I actually was applying for a job to be her assistant. Um, Who knows? Um, But she says in her, this Ted talk all about diet culture. She, she has this story about her daughter, like her, like, I don't know, seven, eight, nine year old daughter coming home one day and saying that, you know, I think her mom asked her how school was or something. And she said that at lunch, they all made a pact not to eat. (sighs) 
you know, at that age. That's terrible. I know. So how, it's just so horrible how young, you know, mm-hmm. this yeah. this is affecting girls so young. And, and th- I mean, no wonder it's harder when we're adults. It's literally being ingrained since you're that little, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I just think her quote, like I'm getting chills just thinking, thinking about it because it's so true. And the way she said it just, I feel like is so resonant and she says we have 50 percent of our population millions of girls and women devoting their brilliance and mental capacity and emotional intelligence to shrinking their waistlines instead of expanding their lives Mm -hmm. and like to me that's the problem in a nutshell is that even after we reclaim our beauty and redirect it and put these new thoughts in our head which i think is necessary especially if we've grown up with these thoughts and if that's how you're defining self-love in your head, you know, because that's really what stood out to me, honestly, on our pre-call was that self-love for you revolved around how you felt about your body because you mentioned that you love your personality. I do. Yeah. And I always have. (laughs) And, And that there, I'm sure, are a lot of other things that you can say you love about yourself, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But but you're defining self-love as loving your body because for some reason that's the messaging you got that that is your your worth okay i'm interrupting this conversation real quick to let you know that if you're intrigued by what you're hearing in this episode if light bulbs were just going off in your head as i coach our guest (laughs) i want to invite you to have your own clarity call with me where we'll do the exact same thing i'm doing here with my guest We'll spend 45 minutes helping you get clear on the greatest pain points in your love life and how you can start working with your attachment style to make choices that are high self-worth and will lead you to more secure and lasting relationships. Now this call is completely free, aka there is no charge. It is complimentary, 45 minutes of just us talking about whatever it is that you want to talk about. All you have to do is book the call. To do that, hop on over to my website at truerlove.com and hit the love guidance tab where you'll be prompted to book your free clarity call at the top of the page. And feel free to email me with any questions at hello at truerlove.com or DM me on Instagram at underscore truerlove underscore. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. That's all you are. And people forget that you have like, all these other amazing qualities about you, but you're defining mm-hmm. me as and summing me up as this one thing. And and I think that's a lot of the problem is that we've been told you have to be this one thing and it's more important than anything else. But in actuality, especially with, within the context of our lives and relationships, really like how important is that thing? Like, is that really what people are loving you for? Okay, I'm interrupting this conversation real quick to let you know that if you're intrigued by what you're hearing in this episode, if light bulbs are just going off in your head as I coach our guest, I want to invite you to have your own personal attachment assessment with me, where we'll do the exact same thing I'm doing here with my guest. We'll spend 45 minutes talking through the greatest pain points in your love life and how you can start working with your attachment style to make decisions that are high self-worth and will lead you to creating the secure, satisfying, and lasting relationship you're truly longing for. Now, as a special gift to my Truer Love Stories listeners, I'm offering $25 off this call when you use the code ATTACHMENT25. All you have to do is hop on over to my website at truerlove.com, click on the love guidance tab, and scroll down to where you see my personal attachment assessment offering. Once you make the purchase, you'll receive an email with a link to book our call at whatever time is most convenient for you. And feel free to email me with any questions at hello at truerlove.com or DM me on Instagram at underscore truerlove underscore. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. You're married, right? Yeah. And does your husband ever complain to you about your hips? No, no. Um, You know, since we've gotten married, we've 
gained a little weight because that's kind of what naturally happens. (laughs) (laughs) You gain weight when you're Um, happy. Yeah, exactly. And we're, we're trying to be healthier, Mm -hmm. not necessarily to lose weight. That would be an added bonus, but because, you know, we don't want to keep gaining weight each year because then that is an unhealthy trend. Right. So we're trying to be healthy for ourselves. Um, but I mean, you know, I've, I've told him no matter what you weigh or what you don't weigh, I'll still love you the same. And, you know, he returns that back, but you know what, what's really interesting is he is always so confident no matter how big or how small he is. So I think it's really sad, but I think, I think it has a lot to do with being a woman. Yeah. Men. And I I don't want to say this Mm -hmm. of all men, because I know there are men with, with issues. I've dated men like that before. I get it. They have their own stressors that society and they put on themselves. Um, But I think it's just a really big thing for women, what you look like. Mm -hmm. Then that includes your weight and everything else. Well, it's by nature the fact that we are in a patriarchy at the end of the day. Yes. And and so the fact is the power dynamic falls with the men. And so even men who maybe they, you know, yeah, men definitely like, spend hours at the gym and their their bodies can be very important to them but I think the difference is that they are not defined by it in the same way that women are exactly and they they are not validated by their bodies in the same way I mean some men are but by and large it's a different situation because women are the peacocks of our species right like we're the ones who are supposed to be beautiful Mm -hmm. and we're the ones who are Mm -hmm. supposed to you know, woo and attract mm-hmm. the men with our beauty. And so it's a different kind of focus and pressure, you know? Yes. And I'm not old. I'm not old. I don't feel old. Um, but it's like, as you get older, you know, society considers women less beautiful, the older they get. Mm-hmm. And that's not the same for men. Right. And that no, they become so silver up. foxes. Yes, ex- exactly. And it's like, okay, well, you know, women gray. <laughs> do, do we have to keep dyeing our hair? Like, um, right. I said to right. my husband the other day that I was like, oh, I think I want to dye my hair, you know, red, like dark, like my so-called life auburn. Ooh, like, I yeah. used to have high, like, yeah. I, like I used to have in high school. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> then I had... A second thought, I was like, well, I have a couple gray hairs, which don't bother me at all. But it's like, if I start dyeing my hair, then all the gray hairs are going to look really obvious once it grows out. <laughs> so mm. it's like, okay, just don't, just go, just go natural. Don't bother dyeing the hair because then you've got that vicious cycle of upkeep. And I'm low maintenance and I don't care about that. So yeah. it's like certain, so it's certain things like that where it's like, if I have a gray hair, you know, gray hair here or there, it really doesn't bother me. Right. I don't care. But for some women, that might be like the death of their beauty. It's so deep seated yeah. in yeah, our exactly. heads and in our psyches. And so I think it is a combination of reclaiming your own body and redefining beauty for yourself as all encompassing. Um, yeah. You know, especially because if you think about it, like, and it's really interesting because this actually comes up with clients of mine and it, it really proves it to me that people are more attractive when you know their personality versus what, you know, people who don't have great personalities, even if they might be attractive, they become less attractive. And I really oh, see that yes. in my dating clients because I'll have clients who meet someone great and they're really into them, but I'm not sure if I'm attracted. And that's the stage where I'm like, if that is the only thing, like, it's a different thing if you're like, no, 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 no. Like I am repulsed by this person or like, <laughs> there, you know, there's no physical chemistry, there's no pheromones, whatever. But if you are super into this person and you're not sure if you're attracted, I say, try kissing them. Because yeah. Yeah. if you're into them and you kiss them and they kiss back well, it's amazing how much that attraction will switch in a minute. You yeah. know? Yeah, um, exactly. Because when you're a beautiful human, that radiates and that comes through. And it, it, and true beauty, I don't think, can be boxed 
into a TV screen or into a photograph. No, no, no. And on top of that, you know, going back to what you said quite a while ago was you were talking about, you know, women who are 120 and, you know, and like this ideal. But I can bet you, and I can say for a fact, actually, that, you know, you might be looking at someone and thinking, God, she's got a great body. Meanwhile, she's in the mirror every day hating her nose. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, we're always wanting, like, there's no end to us feeling like, like when you're chasing something that's not real, this ideal beauty, it's never going to be satisfying. Like, even if you were to lose the weight you wanted to lose, do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. When it's a health thing, but with you, that's not the case. Right. Right. And I want to make it perfectly clear that I don't think 120 is an ideal weight for anyone. Like everyone has a completely different ideal weight that is healthy for them. 120 was just a random number. No, no, no. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's accurate though, because I think, I think that is how women think. I think 120 is one of those numbers that stick in people's heads. I remember, I remember when I was in college and I decided to, I don't like to call it diets because that seems first of all unhealthy. And then it's second of all, it seems like you're just going to stop one day and nothing's changed. So I call it a lifestyle, mm-hmm. which my hus- husband does not agree on. He's like, no, it's a diet. Um, <laughs> but when I was in college, I noticed that because of all the drinking and the partying, you know, I was gaining a little bit of weight. So I decided that I was going to cook everything and be healthier. And I think I, pre- I started to lose like a couple of pounds. It wasn't anything major. Um, and all my friends knew about it because it was, it was regimented in a, in a healthy way. But I remember one of my friends saying like, your body looks great that like great that way. Like I, I, this is like your ideal like, to me, this is, like, what you look ideally. Like, you have a great hourglass figure. Like, I'm loving your hips. Like, you're you're great. I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, my, what? Like, you're insane. Like, mm. I've just started this journey. Um, thanks. But, like, yeah, this, no, like, this is not anywhere where I see, you know, is, like, the finish line. Well, so... I think that that's such a great example of someone who can be an expander for you and as someone to keep in your mind, you know, as a, as a reminder to reprogram your brain to think, wait, yeah, maybe that is my, you know, I mean, I don't know how different that is from what you weigh now, but like just the idea that again, going back to this idea of perspective and, you know, perspective is everything because it's how we respond and interact in the world. And so your friend's perspective was that you were ideal and you were beautiful, you know, it was shocking, (laughs) but it was shocking to you because your subconscious, you didn't believe them. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the idea is to get you to the place where you actually believe it. Yeah. And that's where the, yeah, go ahead. Where I'm not just, where I'm just not telling myself, Oh, I'm beautiful like where I'm actually telling myself and believing it and thinking it and putting it into action. Yes. Where you're embodying it and you're feeling it in a real way. You're feeling your worth and your beauty on a, on a visceral level, you know, Um, you're not trying to convince yourself of it. Yeah. That's the goal. That's the goal is to really truly believe in what you're saying. And really, truly loving yourself no matter what. Right. And, and I think that's the key is that that's where it comes from, you know, is, is a feeling rather than something you have to tell yourself in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why doing things in the physical world, I think, for you is so important because it's going to take you out of your head into a space where you can feel it in your body and feel that beauty and feel that worth, you know? Um mm-hmm. Even honestly, I just had another idea for it. If you're not ready to like, quote unquote, go public, (laughs) you know, uh, I'd be curious to know kind of how you dress on a regular basis and if you hide your hips or if you accentuate them. Well, I think it depends on my schedule because I work from home. So Mm -hmm. if I'm at home, I'm in nothing but pajamas. 
Sure. And like the baggy clothes. Yeah. If I'm going out, I definitely wear more form-fitted clothes. Nothing, nothing like too tight or too uncomfortable. I think I definitely dress appropriately. Like, is that even what I should be saying? <laughs> that's like, that's what came to mind. I'm, I'm honoring it. Like I'm not hiding in sweatpants or baggy clothes. You know, I, I know that some dresses fit better than other dresses and I need to find the ones that work for my body type. Yeah. Um, because cut is everything. It's so true. It's so true. (laughs) Everything. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that that could be another cool way just like to have fun a little bit with with some clothes and, you know, maybe go a step further than you normally would. And I'm not saying do something outside of your comfort zone in this regard, particularly, but, you know, maybe just like something that's a little more form fitting or more showing it off than you normally would. Um, or, or even like buying yourself some like really nice lingerie just for you to wear around, mm-hmm. you know, like just for mm-hmm. fun with your husband or do you know what I mean? That like yeah. embraces that in you um, as a way to maybe start, you know, like maybe you're not ready to post it on Instagram, but like getting comfortable in your own skin, in your own house. Yeah. Could be so interesting. as part of this whole, as part of this whole process of learning to love myself, I bought dresses and I've bought a lot of floral dresses and I don't usually, I'm not like, I'm not a girly girl. Mm-hmm. If you think of me, you don't think of anything floral. Um, I like my dark colors And so, I mean, maybe, maybe people would think this is totally me. Um, but I think it's, it's not really me like in a good way. Yeah. And some of the dresses are short and I don't like my legs. (laughs) So it's like, uh, I need to be comfortable. Yeah. I'm wearing this dress. Good. And I remember, I remember one time I like to go to Goodwill and see Mm -hmm. what I can find And I wore this dress to Goodwill and I was checking out and this woman just turned around and she's like, I love your dress. And I went, oh, thank you. (laughs) I don't normally like in such a gasp. And I was like, I don't normally wear like this floral stuff, but I wanted to. And she's like, girl, you are rocking it. Yeah. Thank you. So... (laughs) Yes. Yes. More of that. And those are the things to hold in your mind. Yeah. And just so you know, they can make dark florals. Oh no. No, I know. I have dark florals. No, I know. (laughs) I actually love a good floral on a black background, you know, that's yep. mm -hmm, That's what I have. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. Or if there's a bathing suit for summer, you wouldn't normally wear or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. this looks like for you, you it's endless. I like just kind of want to go shopping with you now. <laughs> oh, bathing suits. Oh, God. I know. That's a whole other Ugh. situation. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole podcast on itself. It, it's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, baby steps. And that's and like you said, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and magically be like oh my god I love my body I'm the most beautiful person ever Mm -hmm. but I do think that the more you can notice these thoughts and redirect them and integrate it all and embrace it more slowly but surely that's going to become your default setting to start believing it and that doesn't mean you may never have another insecure thought about your body again um but I think I think it will lessen it and kind of open you up to, to loving yourself more. Yeah. Um, It's actually making me think of the show. I think it's on Netflix, maybe Hulu called Shrill. Have you heard of it? (gasps) Yes. What is it? A.D. Bryant? Yes. Yes. The the woman from SNL who played Adele in the Thanksgiving episode, which was, she was just amazing. Uh, it's really good and it's really it relevant. To, have you watched yeah. it? Yes, yes, I have. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I started the second season. Um, but yeah, no, she's she's great. Oh, and yeah. 
she's rocking the clothes and she's rocking the personality and she's this fierce woman that gives no shits. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. There need to be more shows like that. Absolutely. hundred yeah. yeah. percent. And I feel like those shows, it kind of made me think of girls a little bit just in the way that she mm-hmm. was just so out mm-hmm. there with her body and was just like, yeah. this is fucking me. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. And it was cool. And that uh, there's one episode on Shrill. I actually haven't gotten to the second season, but that one episode where they're at the beach part, she's at the pool party. <gasps> yeah. Oh. I was I was uh, crying during that episode. Like, oh, just I would her, love to go to a beach party, like a pool party like that. Oh my god! Yes, I know, yes. I know. Yes. It was just, and that's the kind of reclaiming I'm talking about. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just like she was just like these bodies are beautiful. Everyone here's so beautiful. Why do we have to be made to feel like we're not? You know. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So, yeah, maybe maybe rewatch that, and you know, just. Anything like it, I would like honestly just keep in your mind like I feel like it'll just keep happening after this conversation, but just like noticing messaging like that, you know. That's um, a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. As to again, we're trying to get at that subconscious of yours, and things like TV are really good for that. Things that are going to rewire you. You know, there there was this show that I loved that went off of Netflix and Hulu and it was called Downward Dog. And mm. it was a super cute show about this woman and her relationship with her dog. And the best part about it was it was narrated by the dog. <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I can't remember what this actress's name is, but I love her because her body is normal. Like mm-hmm. she's not, she's not a size eight. She's not a size 12. She's probably not even a size 14 or 16 yet. No one cares. Like she's like, this is how I look. The guy that I'm sleeping with has no problems with how I look. My dog doesn't care at all how I look. Right. Why right. should I? Why right. should I? That's like, like, because we're told to care about this thing that actually has very little bearing on our real happiness at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it yeah. just makes us feel like shit about ourselves. For what mm-hmm. purpose? For what purpose? You know? Yeah. Um, and I know when we break it down log- logically, we understand that it's just so wrapped up in all these emotions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So it's like peeling back the layers on where those emotions come from and the thoughts that, that create them, you know? Yeah. And, and now, now that you asked me about my childhood, why I'm really trying to do this is, I guess it's subconscious. Maybe it's not subconscious, but I guess I'm of child rearing years, mm-hmm. although <laughs> that's not going to happen now. Um, but like, I don't want to pass that on. Mm. like my parents were always like oh we gotta lose the weight and then I can remember having um a male pediatrician because that's what you had you had a male pediatrician and he was always concerned by me gaining one or two pounds every year yeah and I and now that I'm thinking about it I can remember you know the concern Mm. or or maybe it was five pounds one year whatever Right. Like I was, I was never overweight. Right. You know, I was, I was never, you know, morbidly obese, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't, it wasn't a, your health. No, 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 not yeah. at all. Not at all. It didn't prohibit me from doing anything. Um, and then when I was about a teenager, when I was about 12, 13, my mom switched me over to the brand new female pe- pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And I think all that stopped. Like, I don't remember That's ever so interesting weight. Yeah. So again, patriarchy, just like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. its way in our thoughts and our, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I remember him, I remember my mom saying things that he would say that to my brother. You don't want to gain weight. So I'm wondering, um, mm. that is, it wasn't just directed at, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just directed at women, but yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that was his own complex that he was sort of passing on to his 
you know, child patients, yeah. which is really sad. And it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I've known some people who grew up overweight and it was such a focus for their parents and they would grow to resent it and they would sneak food. Yeah. Because yeah. when you're told so long that you should be ashamed of this thing and to hide it, you, you actually start hiding it, you know? Yep. Yep. And it's, exactly. it's, I think that for you, you're so aware of it. I don't think you're going to pass it on, you know? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe thinking of it in terms like you were saying about just actual health, you know, um, I too am at the child rearing age and haven't yet. And I think to myself, I really want to be able to be active with my kids. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and to be able to instill in them like, okay, let's go bike riding and let's, you know, like the joy of eating healthy foods. But, yes. you know, yeah, like how do you balance that with also letting them be kids and, you know, eat a sweet yeah. here and there, or, you know, but I think that awareness is always the first step. And yes. I think that if you're aware of not having that kind of, I need to lose weight, you know, mentality um, in your home, then I, I think you're already on a better path. And, and that's how it works, right? That's how generational yeah. stuff works is our parents teach us all we all they know, and we take that and then we build on it and try and do better. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I want to, I want to break that because no one needs that. <laughs> no one needs it. Boy or girl, you don't need that. Yeah. No. There are ways to promote health without putting down our bodies. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And my, I mean, my parents never did that to us. They just did it to themselves. Right. But it's, it's that the modeling is just so strong, you know? Yes. Yes. We, we pick up on the messages around us. So of course we're going to look, I mean, it makes sense if they're doing it to themselves. So it's really about you doing this work now before you have kids and finding a way to embrace your body. So that's what you pass on. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm excited for you to see like how these little experiments go and if they shift yeah. anything for you. You know, I, I definitely think these are conversations that are worthwhile to have mm -hmm. um, in a healthy context just to just to have support and mm -hmm. acknowledgement and I know I am not the only person who wakes up sometimes and they're like, I'm not feeling myself today. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, and, and maybe some days that's okay. You know, in a way like, like I'm not feeling myself and I'm acknowledging that and I'm going to accept that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and know that I still love myself and this is not defining my worth just because I'm feeling like, uh, exactly. You know, yeah, my body yeah. today and not happy with it, you know? Exactly, um, yeah. But maybe that's the perfect moment to, you know, put on some really tight jeans and a crop top, you know? <laughs> oh, God, um, I think I, I, I need to buy a crop top now. <laughs> I think you definitely need a crop top. <laughs> I, have, I have never worn a crop top in my entire life. I don't think even when I was like a child. Oh my God. Well, <laughs> maybe a baby, maybe a baby. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be a tight crop top, but one no, find a crop top is just stops at the waist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> which I find really flattering for people with hips because it shows off the hips, you know, mm -hmm. other, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the thing. I mean, it's like, I remember, you know, cause I'm quite curvy too. And you know, my, my skinny tall friends can wear really baggy clothes and they just look like, you know, walking at yep. tutorials. Yeah. Uh -huh. That is a curvy person. It, you look Ooh. like a bag. Yeah. It, yeah. It makes you look worse. Right. And so it's, yeah, that's why good. it's like, don't hide those curves. Like people, like those curves are beautiful, you know, and I, one of my yes. expanders and people who I think about, even though she's freaking tiny, so she might not be the best example. Um, but I remember noticing, you know, Sarah Jessica Parker on Sex mm. and the City, just mm. because she had a lot of curves in her, you know, she has big boobs. Yeah. And, yeah. and so she would wear a lot of clothes to accentuate her boobs and her waist. And again, mm -hmm. she's like absurdly skinny, so she might not be the strongest example but to me that was like wait I see myself in that you know I have big boobs and I I mean I've had a breast reduction I've actually wanted to 
flatten my boots. Mm-hmm. I used to cry. Mm-hmm. Talking about bathing suit trauma, I would cry Oof. going bathing suit shopping. Nothing no. fit. No. Um, and the things that fit made me look like I was an 82 year old grandma, you know, mm-hmm. like that's, I'm repeating myself, but <laughs> embracing, you know, and having fun with it, I guess is kind of yeah. the, the point I'm yeah. getting to a little bit is how can you have fun with it? Whatever that means, whether it's crop tops or whatnot, you know, reinfusing this with some new energy and some new joy, especially on the days when you're not feeling it, you know? Yeah, you're right. I'm getting better about it. I'm, I am yeah, getting better. It's a journey. It's a journey. Yeah. You know, and like also forgive yourself for days you're going to be me because it might happen again, you know, and know that. Oh, like, yeah. That also doesn't define you and you can choose a new thought as soon as you notice it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah. Is there anything else, you know, before we go that you really just wanted to touch on or ask about? I think it's just the inner work that needs to be done. And getting out of the comfort zone. So, you know, buying the clothes that you've always wanted to wear, but never thought that you could. Keep in your mind that lady who just told you you were rocking that flower dress. Because she's probably not the only one who thinks it, you know? She's just the only one who bothered to say it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, if you feel like dyeing your hair red too... No, I'd I know. Say, I'd say I, go, go for, for that it. too. Yeah, yeah. You it's know. like, oh, you're right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway, uh, well, it's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And thank you. Yeah, it's been great. I'm so glad. And it's so such a necessary discussion to have, as you said. So I hope our listeners took something away from it. And um, I hope you keep me informed and posted about your experiments. Um, Thank you. I'll be looking forward to some selfies from you in the next oh boy. Uh, okay. few months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> I will try my best. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you for listening to the Truer Love Stories podcast. If you got a lot out of our episode today, but you're not quite ready to dive into getting your own personal attachment assessment just yet, I want to offer you a free clarity call first, where we'll spend 20 minutes getting you clear on how your or your partner's attachment style is blocking you from having the relationship you really want. Now, this clarity is the first baby step towards taking off those blurry relationship glasses you've been wearing that have only led you to confusion, pain, and disappointment so that you can start seeing exactly what it is you really need from a partner. As knowing what we personally need based on our attachment style is the most direct route to creating love that actually lasts. And we have the scientific framework of attachment to prove it. So... All you have to do to book this call is hop over to my website at truerlove.com and click on the love guidance tab and you'll see the option to book your free clarity call. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could rate and review it on Spotify and Apple podcasts and follow me on Instagram at underscore truerlove underscore to stay up to date with tons of love and attachment information, resources, and offerings. You can also take my free attachment quiz that you can find on both my website and my Instagram page. Whew. All right. I think that's everything. So until next time, stay true to yourself and talk to you soon.